Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. I'll cut this out, but uh, is it okay to mention that you're a cop? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It actually goes part into the, the 30% journey, so to speak. I got some things to mention on that. Okay, cool, cool. Okay. Just want to make sure, because I had Jacob on, and he's telling me all about how he worked for a <laughs> We went for like 20 minutes talking about that. <laughs> And then after we're done with the recording, he goes, oh, you know what? I don't want that mentioned. Can you edit that out? And I'm like, that's the first 20 <laughs> minutes of the, the episode. Yeah, no doubt. No so doubt. I went through and I leaped out every mention of the word <laughs> or <laughs> And that took me two hours to just go through the first 20 minutes and bleep out every time he said <laughs> So I was like, don't ever <laughs> do that to me again. You're listening to the premier podcast for men who want to not only be better with women, but want to be better men in general. This is the Come On Man podcast, and here's your host, Paul Bauer. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another week of Come On Man. If you haven't done so already, like, subscribe, hit those notifications. You know what to do. Drop a comment. Your favorite comment will do. Your your or favorite comment. Your favorite emoji will do. You guys know what you guys know what I'm talking about. Look, if you haven't noticed already, the last three weeks I've been wearing the same outfit for the intro and outro. It's because I'm literally recording the intro and outro for three weeks in a row, right after the last happy hour hangout we had on July 20th. Right? These it, recording these intros and outros separately is kind of a pain in the butt. So I sometimes like to batch record these. Now you know what I'm. Now you know what we're doing. So this is the third recording. I've said this a million times. Drop a goddamn comment. You know what to do. All right. Follow me on social media. Links are in the description. If you guys send a super chat during one of these, I appreciate it. I won't be able to share it because this isn't live, but I'll be sure to give you a shout out on social media. So you can send a super chat if you want that shout out. That's cool. If not, no harm, no foul. Get on the email list, list.comeonmanpod.com. You can get an immediate PDF with 20 dating app openers that are guaranteed to capture a woman's attention in the first seven words because women are looking at messages in the preview pane, right? They're filtering guys out. They have so many more options than we do that they're not like trying to engage with everyone they match with. They're, they're seeing who's interesting, right? So these dating app openers are guaranteed to capture women's attentions, right? And then... You also get some free stickers as well, right? I, I'll, I'm, I'm mailing these out to a bunch of people. All right, you got these. Uh, you got this one here. Not a nice guy. That's a fun one. Basically, all, you know, all you see on the screen screen here too. And if you like those designs, they're also available on merch as well. Merch.comeonmanpod.com. This one's also available in the merch store, but it's not available as a sticker. Merch.comeonmanpod.com. And you also uh, can get Rule Zero merch as well at the merch store. Check out my Practical Law of Attraction course, loa.comeonmanpod.com. It's a mindset course, and if you get your mind right, everything else tends to fall into place. My guest is uh, 3% brother Matt K. We're just going to call him Matt K. He's a cop. He's a cop, guys. <laughs> there's uh, there's at least like five dudes in the 3% brotherhood named Matt, right? There's one that I, I go and have beers with regularly down in Montrose, right? 3% brother Matt in Montrose. Montrose Matt. Uh there's uh there's another Matt that's been on the podcast before too. And uh, then this is this this Matt is actually good friends with one of the other. Anyways, it's confusing. Anyways, this is Matt K. He's a cop. <laughs> All right. And uh I just really wanted to pick his brain about his 3% journey. He's been he was in the original group. I've known him forever, and uh, but I've never had him on the podcast. So this is actually the first time I've I've got to talk with him one on one, and he drops a lot of good gems in this. And I will bring you that right after this word. Here's a harsh truth that everybody gets upset about online when I say it. They get upset because of their ego investment into the fairy tale idea of love and partnership. They get upset because of their ego investment into the idea that their woman is their best friend, their confidant, and they think that love will conquer all and that their woman will be there through thick and thin. The truth is that as a man, your woman is hardwired biologically and psychologically to want you to be her rock. 
It doesn't work the other way around. Women do not care about your struggles as a man. They may think they care. They may even want to care, but her evolutionary DNA will not let her care. If you bring her your problems, she will lose attraction for you over time and she will leave. Now, whenever I talk about this, people lose their minds and start talking about men unaliving themselves. The faster that men learn that women don't care about our struggles, the faster we'll save the lives of men. Men off themselves because of their own ego investments in the Disney fairy tale lie. And when that fairy tale goes up in flames, they get zeroed out and they end things. Men do need a proper outlet for dealing with their problems, but going to their woman isn't the answer. Men need a tribe. They need a brotherhood. That's why I created my beer club. It's a monthly virtual hangout for men only. It's a place where men can be men. It's a place where men can talk about guy stuff without having to worry about offending women. It's a place where they can go without having to worry about being called toxically masculine. It's a place where they can go to solve their problems. Because men solve problems, women cause problems, you dig? Visit beer.comeonmanpod.com. That's beer.comeonmanpod.com to sign up. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, joining me on the podcast for the first time is one of the many brothers I have in the 3% Brotherhood named Matt. Matt is a cop, guys, and he's a little bit of a hard ass, so be on your best behavior today, okay? What's going on today, brother? Oh, not a whole lot. Just got my workout in and uh, just focused on what's going to happen for the rest of today and the 4th July holiday coming up and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, oh, space-time continuum. So by the time this airs, it's going to be way past 4th July. Way past, but... yeah. <laughs> Uh, so let me, uh, let me ask you, uh, this question, Matt, what led you to first read how to be a 3% man? Uh, well, like Corey Wayne always says, uh, seven principles to get an X bag is uh, usually the number one, like search tool on that. Are you, were you one of those guys? I was one of those guys. Absolutely. Yeah. I didn't know what I didn't know. You know, Benny, Benny, uh, he's no longer date coaching. He's now breakup coaching specifically oh, really? because so many guys are trying to get an X back. Yeah. It's like he, yeah. he's, he's, he realized that when he, he put out videos on how to get an X back and how to go no contact and that those videos would blow up. So he's just like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to double down on this. And now he's a breakup coach. Oh, that's so, right. that's right. <laughs> so, so that's, that's like, was you, huh? Yeah. In my experience, uh, what happened was, is I was married for 14 years, had uh, three amazing daughters and I adopted uh, another one. And, um, you know, after the end of 14 years, it was just insatiable people always stay insatiable. We had a, as far as divorces go, we had a pretty decent divorce. I stayed out of rotation for about six months. Uh, like we chatted before about just kind of letting that healing happen. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I met a girl, she was phenomenal. I poured my guts out to her and made all those classic mistakes. Um, and I got rejected pretty fast, maybe 30 days, 40 days, something like that. And it came down to us, you know, just breaking up, like just cutting ties, like a lot of anxiety on, on my half of things. And, um, and I, I specifically, you know, like Google searched how to get next back and Corey Wayne popped up. I watched the video and I'm like, my mind was blown. Like there was so many things as a man that I wasn't doing in those moments of relationships to keep that attraction and, uh, to keep that interest and that, that long-term going. So, uh, you know, I did a little experiment. I dived into Corey Wayne. Um, there's, you know, a couple of other coaches that I jumped into just for like reference and uh, to find motivation in, in those, those experiences and other people because not one person has all the answers, mm -hmm. but many people can give you all the answers. And I like to be a subject matter expert when I jump into things. Um, so uh, I listened to the book maybe 10 times, like right off the bat, like just on repeat, on repeat, on repeat, I had on auto mm -hmm. and watching his daily videos and really diving into the material. And I actually got the X back. And in my experience, it was, you know, we went out to dinner and on the way back from dinner, she's holding my hand and she says, um, you know, nothing's really changed about how I feel about you. 
and I'm, you know, ding, ding, ding from the book and from the videos, she's going to say that. And then she's going to tell you how she loves you. And then she's going to tell you about how she's missed you. And like right down the line, all these things happened exactly like they, you know, Corey Wayne said they were going to happen. And, but in that circumstance, I found out that getting the ex back wasn't really what I wanted. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I found that uh, there was some things that I couldn't deal with in her personality and the way that she dealt, dealt with things that caused me to actually break up with her. Like, like, you know, it wasn't a, a conversation or a talk or how we can make it better. It was just a, you know, this isn't exactly how uh, I had planned things to go. And my life is going in a different direction than when you had found me the first time. And I'm gonna leave you in the love that I have for you, but I'm not gonna be with you anymore. So yeah. even though I learned just an amazing amount about myself and about relationships and how to do life, um, what I found was that wasn't what I really wanted in that person. The idea of that person was great, but what I wanted out of that person, she could not give me. And it was, it's kind of a sad moment when you find, you know, you realize you outgrow people, but it's an opportunity to find better people, you know, in that moment. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I, I think that sort of is how most of that plays out for a lot of the guys in the group that, that found their way to Corey Wayne because they're trying to reattract an ex. A lot of them did, you know, they actually found success and they actually reattracted the ex at some point in some capacity and realized, man, there's a reason why we broke up, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> there's a reason for it, you know? So I'm not, I'm not a big fan of uh, trying to get an ex back. I think like, you know, I've, I've, I've had guys uh, reach out to me, uh, with the coaching program, uh, that I've coached through getting an ax back. But I, man, I like what I, I, I'm upfront with them about it. I'm like, are you sure you want this? Like, cause this is, you know, I don't recommend it. I don't recommend it, but this, there are seven principles to get an ax back. And this is how, this is how it works. You know, and, uh, yeah, and the, the story is that it absolutely works. Yeah. You know, you, you reattract somebody by, appearing to be a completely different person because you're actually taking these steps seriously. Mm -hmm. And I discourage anybody that says, I want to get next back, uh, just in my own private conversations with my friends. But yeah. what I don't do is I don't discourage the journey of it. Hey, you want to try, go ahead, go ahead and do it. But you're going to be repulsed by what you find. They may mm -hmm. be a, in your mind right now, the fantasy of what they are is, is phenomenal. But when you learn about yourself and the principles and the things that you need to be doing as a man, you're going to reject that eventually. I guarantee it. Yeah. Uh, there's a few friends that I have that, you know, have, they're married and they're like, well, you know, uh, I might be getting divorced. What should I do with this? And I always tell them, uh, in my experience with, uh, almost being divorced, it was seven years. Uh, we got back together, went through, you know, the, the years worth of Wednesdays marriage counseling and it ended up being, I ended up being divorced anyways. Uh, mm -hmm. I did gain a lot from that marriage counseling. I did learn a lot about how to deal with people and how to empathize with people. And, you know, there's a mirroring method that I learned and it just made me uh, a more well-rounded human being, a better human being, but it just, it wasn't enough to save the situation. When only one person's trying, it's not going to work out. It just never will. What, what, yeah. One thing I, I've learned too, in this, uh, in this space, working in the space, uh, in the coaching space, working with other guys, you know, like, um, you know, like Rollo and, and all, all those guys, apex mindset's really good about this kind of thing, but, uh, marriage counseling's trash. It really is. It's, it's, uh, it, it doesn't work for a majority of people and you go to marriage counseling and it's all about communication. You gotta, you know, you gotta, this is how you effectively communicate. And usually what happens is whatever partner, whosever idea it is to go to marriage counseling, they usually want someone to back them up to tell, tell the other person why they're trash, right? Like why, <laughs> why you, whatever it is that you're doing sucks. And that's not, that's not how it works. And then when, uh, you know, when the, the marriage counselor doesn't take one person's sides or sometimes they do take the other person's side, um, you know, they just like, it builds resentment, you know, a lot of the times and really what, what will help, help uh, transform a relationship and it, actually repair a relationship is working on your attractiveness, you know, and, and, and game getting back to the game and, uh, gaming your girl and stuff like that, you know, and, and, um, they don't teach that in marriage counseling. They don't teach how, how to be an attractive person and stop being unattractive. You know, they don't do that. Uh, coaches do that kind of shit, you know? 
Well, and the one thing I found, uh, that was marriage counselor number three. Uh, the first one was that exact sentiment. You know, my ex-wife told me we can't go to her anymore because she just keeps, she keeps getting on your side on things. And That's and what I, happened when I went but, to marriage counseling too. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, also what I found with the, you know, the whole marriage counseling and uh, then going into divorce, um, you know, everybody's going to be in your ear about how to play this. And, you know, coaching yeah. is the same game. Everybody's got an opinion about things, these things, but what exactly works? Yeah. And, you know, I had an attorney to make sure the paperwork got filed right. You know, I communicated with my ex-wife about what I wanted out of the divorce. And she very flatly came to me and said, you know, um, I, I would fight you on these things, but I know I'm going to lose. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my response internally is, well, then attitude like that, you're absolutely right. So let me, and I wasn't trying to take advantage of her in a way that was unfair in the situation. I have kids to take care of, you know, I've got assets to protect things of that nature. So it really was open communication. Um, but, you know, again, insatiable people are insatiable. So, you know, if I did also with divorce, the, one of the biggest issues is that as a man, you, you beat yourself up as a personal failure to the failure of the whole. And, yeah. you know, it takes two people to make a marriage really successful. It takes one to really destroy it. Um, or, you know, I, we got to a point in our marriage where both of us conceded that this was just the way it needed to be. Mm -hmm. But I found myself as going, as I went through the Corey Wayne principles and, you know, there's other coaches that I listen to coach red pills, a man that if my dad was to have conversations with me about life and how to be, that's the spirit he comes from that spirit of a teacher. He has a heart of just explaining. And, and you know, when I caught that guy, you know, I'm listening to these things. I'm man, I wish my dad would have talked to me like this when I was like 18, 17, 18 years old. Um, and then, um, Kevin Samuels, uh, unfortunately he passed away, but you know, he's, uh, he's just a phenomenal coach, but I found that going through these, these videos and reading these books and, and really, you know, just absorbing the material about how to be a man, how to be attractive, how to attract, how to work on purpose that I found that I was doing those things in my marriage and, but I was being demonized for doing those things, you mm -hmm. know, so that really just taught me that I had the wrong partner in that moment. Uh, but I was being focused on purpose and mission. And, and in the background, I caught all this static from the ass. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that deterred me from being, uh, you know, something as simple as just being, you know, very like sexual as a man. You know, I was demonized for that. And now as a, you know, a man six or seven years past divorce, I realized that that's the way I should have been. It just wasn't reciprocated properly. Yeah. So, you know, these coaches pick you up, dust you off and let you know that, hey, you know, you're doing things that, that were right but maybe we just have to tweak it. Maybe we have to just, you know, sand away the rough edge, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, on these, on these techniques. Yeah. And some of that too is, um, you know, you realize, uh, you know, we're talking about the, uh, this offline with our, with our mutual friend, you know, in the brotherhood, but uh, you know, we get with a partner that, you know, like we, like we have a, a certain sexual appetite and that it's just not reciprocated. Well, that's not necessarily an indictment on her. It's not necessarily an indictment on you. It's not like, oh, I'm a, I'm a fucking sexaholic or whatever, but I do have certain needs. And there are women out there that will meet those needs. There, there's women out there that will match that same energy, at, you know, if, if, for lack of better words. And it just it just happens this person's not it, you know? And sometimes we right. just, it's just, a, it's just not the right match for you. And that's okay, you know? And that's, just how it is. You just got to find a better match, <laughs> you know, yep. sometimes. Absolutely. And, you know, part of that is uh, like, I, I love the statement about how women are the gatekeepers of sex mm -hmm. and men are the gatekeepers of relationship. And yep. if there isn't that balance between the two, then you're going to have troubles in that relationship as well. You yep. know, if she's expecting the relationship without, uh, without the sex or the glue that holds that relationship together, then how is that going to work? You know, you're going to you're going to want in other areas and you're going to put that relationship onto somebody else or something else uh, if you're not getting that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's that does kind of go into you don't talk game to your woman. Uh, you know, I, I've made that mistake a few times, mm -hmm. uh, but that's one thing that, that you know, I, I've been in a long term relationship for about a year and a half now. And that's one thing I do share with her is is that sex will be the thing that holds our relationship together. And mm -hmm. she's like, well, I've never told you no, and I'm never going to tell you no. But that kind of goes in with the principles of keeping that attraction, because if she loses attraction, she is going to say no. And then right. there'll, there'll be a change in the relationship. So that is the litmus test, so to speak, on, on you know, whether you're keeping that attraction is, is she initiating sex? Is she mm -hmm. being sexual around you? Is she being flirtatious? Or does it feel like you're kind of moving into that, um, you know, the 
roommates, so to speak. You know, even if you're not living together, it can feel like you're with a roommate. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, I, I would I would also say this too because there's a lot of guys that are sort of expecting women to initiate sex a lot and a lot of women just won't because they're passive. So uh, I would say if you're the one initiating sex and she's enthusiastically, uh, you know, you know, giving you the sex, you know, that you're initiating, that's also a great that's also a good good test too. You know, because women just a lot of women are just super passive. Uh, so, you know, just the, the fact that she's not initiating doesn't necessarily mean anything. But if if uh, if you're going to initiate, too, and she's always got a fucking headache, like a goddamn medical mystery, mm-hmm. uh, there's something going on, you know, yeah, and, sure. and that's where, like, you know, Corey's attraction skill is really helpful because you can look at that and go, OK, something's off here. Something's off. I need to I need to re- readjust or, you know. And then when you do readjust and it's still not working out, well, now sometimes you need to take the, take the, you know, the, the hard steps and go, but maybe this just isn't going to work, you know? And that's, sometimes that's how it is, <laughs> you know, it's yep. just the, yeah, the nature of the beast. Um, well, you know, that, that kind of yeah. goes in the conversation with the, the bus in 15 minutes, right? And that's something that brother Holland and I talk about all the time is that there's another bus 15 minutes, it'll be there. You know, yep. if it's not working out I'm, and you know, we can't, Person, my personal opinion is that you can't cycle through women in a um, in a robot way, right? Like as soon as there's like one red flag or one issue, like you completely dump it off. But it's a it's a matter of uh, you you've seen the crazy hot matrix on on YouTube. Oh yeah, freaking hilarious, right? So what you have to start doing is just plotting the graph on where's our reliable data over a period of time. Mm-hmm. And you know they, uh, I firmly believe in the sixty first day rule. Absolutely, people have a mask on their face or their intentions and their behavior up until a certain point. If you see her on the daily basis or multiple times a week, that is going to happen faster. And if you only see her once a week or if the schedule doesn't work out, it's going to take a longer period of time. Um, but you plot that reliable data based on what you see in front of you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, is it acceptable at that point or isn't it acceptable at that point? You know, it's really up to you as an individual. And it's something crazy 80% of women file for divorce or break up with relationships. That, that is just mind blowing to me that men won't evaluate their situation to the point where they make a decision based off of how they feel about it versus just allowing the woman to take the lead and and make that decision for the relationship. It's very frustrating to me. Um, Mm -hmm. Since divorce, and I did initiate my divorce, and, you know, and there are moments in time where I felt like, you know, I destroyed my family because of that divorce. But I've seen, like, my kids be flourishing at this point because they see their parents at their best. You know, we weren't at our best in our marriage, but we've been very good co-parenting. Once a week phone conversations, you know, the kids don't get away with, you know, things when when stuff pops up, that sort of thing. And my kids get to see us at our best. Uh, But since that, um, I've only been broken up with twice since divorce. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Holman will tell you, you know, he's like, I don't know how you spin these plates. And it's like, well, it's just a matter of, you know, having conversations, setting updates and, and, you know, getting things lined up so that, you know, I think three to five, five's pushing it. I mean, that's just way too many people. Four is my max. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah, yeah it's, it, gets, it becomes too much of a problem. And then you're spending all your fucking time da- dating. Except oh, you have right. no time to yourself, you yeah, know, absolutely. and that, that's important for your mental health, I think, too. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, you know, like uh, I had one girl that I dated for a short period of time. And she's like, well, I think you like the attention. And I was like, well, you know, pride and ego, everybody likes the attention. You know, it's just a matter of, you know, focusing that attention and seeing what works out in life. And then, you know, Prior to my long-term relationship now, um, 30 days was kind of my max if I was to focus in on one person. And, you know, maybe that's, uh, you know, my ego of nobody can fence me in, so to speak. And once I started feeling comfortable, I would just leave the situation. So current girl, girlfriend, um, I, I call her stay-at-home chick. Yeah, she's got, uh, you know, fantastic uh, uh, job where she stays at home, obviously. She does a little bit of traveling. And she says things like, um, you know, you want to go with me down this trip, but it's gonna, I'm going to be gone three or four days. And, you know, I haven't been able to figure out the schedule yet to make that happen. But she tells me, I've never felt the need to, you know, have a boyfriend come with me to one of these trips. It's always been my time. I didn't want them around. She's like, but you're completely different. And, you know, I want to have you in those moments. And, she's, and she, you know, she tells me about how, you know, it seems bizarre to her that she would open herself that way. And then just, just today we're having a conversation and she said, you know, uh, I don't trust people, but here I am. I feel really comfortable with you. And, you know, part of, part of that comfort, I mean, comes with being a genuine person. 
you know, you know who you, you know, know thyself. The great philosopher said, know thyself. Once you know yourself, then everybody else will know who you are. But if you are very much struggling with who you are as a person, what you can accept, what you like, you can never portray a, a solid image to anything. And, you know, in our society, we're all about image these days. You know, Facebook, Instagram, any of the social medias, it's about image. What is our image? And if you are a genuine person, and, you know, that kind of goes in with the, the public safety aspects of things. Um, you know, Brother Steve could tell you that being in public safety, that gives you like an instant vouch that nothing else does. Um, mm -hmm. you know, cops and firemen, um, you know, they do have a reputation, if you will. But if you're a genuine person and you're not really just, you know, trying to do the snake oil, you know, sleep with, with as many girls as possible or whatever, um, you know, that does give you an instant vouch. You know, there's the credibility that comes with that, that, uh, you know, just Joe Blow, nine to five, no disrespect to anybody else, but uh, you have to build that trust. And I've noticed that that trust is almost like inherently just instantly given to you. Um, so, you know, you have to protect that and you have to make sure that you don't exploit it. Um, but I find that interesting that, you know, when there's a new relationship or I'm chatting with somebody, once they find out a cop, it's like, there's just like this instant validation. It's really interesting. Mm. I dated a cop once. That was a, that was a, that was a fascinating experience. I, it didn't date her very long. Maybe like, I don't know, maybe three or four months or something like that. Best date ever though. Went on a ride along with her. Oh, nice. <laughs> she showed me yeah. she showed me all the the drug houses in town that was cool uh <laughs> well it, it seemed to me that that would be difficult to date a woman cop though uh just i mean my personal opinion and my observations is yeah. that there, there's so much in their masculine frame at all times because you yeah. have to control the situation that could you get her opened up into that feminine frame the, well know, see this was her. this was before i started studying this stuff um but that's what she was looking for she was looking for a guy that uh, really like sh she was like she was into, uh, you know, you know, BDSM, you know, because she wanted a guy that was just like really masculine and dominant, you know. And so that was kind of that was kind of an interesting experience because it was the first time I, I, you know, I'd ever really seen that. You know, I had no I, I, like you sort of have this uh, this connotation that women really aren't into that. No, no, no. Women are into that. <laughs> and especially female cops because female cops spend all day handcuffing people and, and, and being the boss and pushing people around and, and getting into scuffles. And, 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 and when they want, when they get home, that, that's the last thing they want to do. You know, they, they want to be able to relax in their feminine. They want a strong masculine guy that can do that for them, you know? And, uh, what, what, what ended up, uh, ending that relationship was because I was a needy little bitch for the, for the most part, like just be perfectly transparent that, like I said, it was before I studied any of the stuff and realized like I was doing everything fucking wrong. Right. Um, and, and she would, uh, you know, she would have like a couple of days. I think she was basically working like four tens. I think that's how her department was working things. So she'd work four tens and then she would, she would, uh, she would have three days off. But that first day off after uh, her four days of shifts, she really just needed to time to herself and decompress, Definitely. you know, and, uh, you know, just from all the, the shit that you guys see out there on the streets. And and I just didn't understand that because I was just like, uh, this is the only time we have to, to hang out. Like, I want to spend time with you. Eh, you're like, just a needy little unattractive bitch. And. Uh, so it was like, it was, it was not long after that relationship that I really realized that, man, I need to, I need to figure out what the fuck I'm doing wrong here, you know? <laughs> so, uh, so it was actually a, a good educational experience for me dating a female cop. Um, get back to your, your 3% path too. You mentioned that like when you first discovered his book, you read it on repeat 10 times and we're all supposed to sort of go for the uh, 10 to 15 time magic number. And then we get our diploma. Uh, have you read it past the 10 times? Like, do you continue to read it? And, and if yes. so, how, how many yes. times have you read it now? Uh, I'm on like 24 right now. Okay. 24. Yeah. So, you know, it, it was hard and heavy to begin with really just kind of memorize the information. Um, but then, you know, the repetition is the mother's skill, but you have to, you have to flow into it. You can't be the robot, right? So mm -hmm. when you see the principles and you do the principles and you repeat the principles, then you become smooth with the principles. Um, but, uh, but I find that, you know, now it's like once every six months, I'll jump back into it. 
um, where before it was just like, as soon as I finished it, I'd start it again. You know, mm-hmm. you, you skip the first two chapters because that's just fill. And then, you know, you get in the material, put it on one and a half times and, you know, just really just look for the details that you missed the last time. And, mm-hmm. you know, Corey's right. You know, we, we only really absorb certain information, but then personal relationships are degradable skill anyways. So, you know, you have to constantly be in the material. Um, you know, for me, it's changed because again, I'm in long-term relationships. So now I'm not so worried about pickup te- techniques. That's really no big deal. But now I'm in about, you know, just maintaining that attraction and, you know, keeping things moving forward. And then, um, you know, where do I want this relationship to go? You know, and there's, there's a lot of self-meditation on, on that once things become long-term, keeping mm-hmm. things fresh, keeping the, the initiation going. Um, and I can tell you that, you know, when attraction continues, you don't have to make plans and you don't have to chase. You're always just invited to stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then you don't want to just rely on that invitation. You know, my work schedule is kind of wonky. I'm on 12-hour shifts. So one week I work five days and that's split up between like a Monday, Tuesday and a weekend. And the opposite shift, I only work two days and it's right in the middle of the week. So planning things, um, you know, it's it's obvious because my, my, you know, my rotation just goes on forever in the same direction until like shift bids. So, you know, she knows what my schedule is going to be. And then I get invited to things mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, we're to the point right now where like, there's an invitation, like, you know, to family events, she's met my parents, you know, she, she's met my kids and, uh, you know, how does that transition from just trying to figure out what I want for a relationship? And is this girl good enough to go to the next step versus now where do we go even longer term? Is this something that, um, so, you know, right now she's checking the boxes, but the, it's still a continuous evaluation. You can't become stagnant in those things, mm-hmm. even in the long term, because she could be on fire for you today. But if you start slipping up and causing problems, she's going to break up with you, just like the girl that you've only chatted with for a couple of weeks that ghosts you. There really isn't much of a difference. It's just now it's time. Mm-hmm. Now it's a continuation of the steps of the process. So yeah, 24, 25, something like that. I mean, Audible's awesome. You know, that is the... The, the fastest way to, to really dive into the information. If you're not a great reader, or if you don't, like for me, I don't have time to sit down and read a book. You know, my day is plotted out from beginning to end. I'm busy, you know, it's just the way it works. But I can throw some earbuds in while I'm on grass and I can listen to them. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, when I'm taking my hikes, I can listen to them and still get the information. So now it's kind of an evolution of things to where, you know, I skip certain information uh, just because it's not as relevant as it was in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, to anybody, I would say, listen to all of the information that 10 to 15 times. Absolutely. That's the absolute great number to start with. And then as needed, you do the supplemental videos that he does on a daily basis. You know, you actually YouTube search specific topics that you have. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you can skip certain chapters as you continue on. But being a student never changes. And I think especially for men, we think we arrived when we have a house, we have a job, we have a wife. And then we've arrived somehow and then we can just stop being a student of being a human being. And mm-hmm. that can't stop because if that stops, then, you know, you stop and then you get stuck in that place in time. There's a joke that comes to mind about, uh, you know, every dad that's ever lived, you can tell his most successful year because that's when he stops his fashion and then he gets stuck in that. It, you know, it's just a goofy joke, but it's true. It, and then should we ever really stop, though? You know, success is not necessarily a monetary term. Success is, am I growing and changing as a human being? Am I learning things? Am I more empathetic? You know, do I, do I really hold and nurture the relationships around me? And I found that as I stay a centered man and I'm in masculine frame, I give people around me permission to be the people that they really are. The right, wrong, or different. You know, there are some people that have been in my life that as I stay centered and masculine, they get really ugly. And guess what? I create hard boundaries there and I stick to those hard boundaries. One of those relationships with my biological mother, uh, I have really hard boundaries with her right now just because of the way that she's acted. And the the more centered and the more masculine I stay, uh, the more she falls apart because she just doesn't know how to handle it. And, you know, so like with my kids, I stay centered around my kids. I'm very masculine around my kids. You know, I talk to him about Andrew Tate. How do you guys feel about Andrew Tate? I was just curious about what the response would be. Oh, we really hate that guy. And I'm like, why do you hate him? Do you know any of his information? Can you talk to me about anything he's ever talked about? Well, the boys at school talk about him. And I'm like, well, the boys at school probably uh, really misquote him and take him out of context. I said, but what if I told you that I actually like some of his principles? My uh, my one daughter, she's 15, and she kind of gives me a dirty look and says, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. So I give her specific examples about his teachings. And when I give those specific examples, I ask the qualified question. 
does that sound like a really bad way for a man to act? And she'd be like, well, no. And I said, doesn't it seem kind of like how your dad acts? And she's like, well, yeah. And I said, so what's wrong with that? I said, maybe these, these boys from school just don't really know uh, how or what they're learning and they're regurgitating the bad information. Mm -hmm. I said, because not every coach is going to be a good coach. And there's things in, in his teachings that you may not even want to listen to because it's a bad teaching, but that doesn't mean the coach is bad. That just mm -hmm. means that one lesson isn't worth, worth learning. And, or maybe as a student, they weren't ready to learn the lesson that was being presented to them. Yeah. And that's the cool thing about revisiting the Corey Wayne information, because in specific moments in time of life, you may not be open and ready to learn the lesson that is in front of you, or it may not be pertinent to your situation. But as soon as uh, you are ready, or you're going through a specific phrase of life, like again, the seven principles to get next back, those guys are ready to absorb that information because that's the challenge that's on their plate right now. Mm -hmm. But it may not be the long-term relationship, like what's the challenge on my plate right now? How do I keep that long-term relationship um, interesting and exciting and, and still keep the polarity and, and that, that interest there? Um, so, you know, we have to revisit information over and over again. Uh, I'm a big Dave Ramsey guy. Um, you know, he helped me take care of $70,000 with a debt in five years, you know, by doing those principles. And, but I still have to revisit the information from time to time because mm -hmm. I mess up and I get a thousand dollars on my credit card. And I'm like, Oh, the hell did that happen? And Dave would say, well, if you don't have a credit card, it can't happen. And that's where, you know, like, uh, I struggle, uh, with the financial journey is that I still have to have that backup there. I've got an emergency fund. Great. But in the moment in time where you don't have access to transfer accounts and, or your phone's on the fritz or whatever it is, sometimes you got to use that thing, but then you still have to be disciplined. Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, Jocko Wilnick is another guy that I follow and he says discipline equals freedom. Well, how does discipline equal freedom? Because if you know that your mind is structured in such a way that you're going to do things in such a way, there's freedom knowing that the, there isn't much that is going to get you off your center because as the great philosophers always said, meditate on all possibilities so that when something happens, you're never surprised by it. <laughs> so, you know, I do spend a lot of time in reflective meditation uh, on things. I think it's very helpful. Uh, especially in my business where things are chaotic on the daily, you know, you just don't know what, you, what is going to happen. And the nice thing about my business is that I get exposed to many situations, many relationship situations between, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, and wife, many <laughs> situations dealing with their kids that, you know, a, a wise man will pay attention to what is presented in front of them, even if it has nothing to do with them. You're learning from the mistakes or the victories of other people, which is, an amazing thing to do because you don't have to live that life to learn that lesson. You just have to pay attention to what's in front of you. And a lot of guys don't do that these days either. You know, the, the, the masculine approach to this world, I, I watch these kids in high school because all my daughters are in sports. So, you know, I get to see like the cross country kids and I get to see how these boys react. And it's like, holy smokes, we got work to do, you know, mm -hmm. as, as the, the male half of things we have work to do and we have gender roles for, for a reason. And, you know, I try to talk to my daughters about gender roles and, and, you know, what they should specifically look for in a man. And, you know, do I really care about the, the game aspect of, of life? The game is in getting girls and things like that when it comes to my kids. I know it exists and I know my kids should be smarter than that. Mm -hmm. But it exists for a reason because we have to be stuck in those gender roles. We have to, you know, that helps with the attraction and the polarization is that we have to have gender roles for a reason. And if my girls are going to be masculine girls, then... I have to tell them to look for feminine boys, mm -hmm. and, you know, otherwise they're going to have relationship issues and they're going to think it's them when really it's just the situation that's in front of them. Yeah, for sure. You've, uh, you mentioned, uh, staying centered several times, uh, describe that for people if they, that, that have never heard that. What, what does, what does it mean to be centered? Uh, well, in my opinion, being centered is, is taking everything that would put somebody in a very emotional state and almost boxing it to the point where you can process it without having an emotional knee-jerk reaction to things. Because the emotional knee-jerk reaction is what's gonna cause the most damage in, in, in a relationship uh, or in just the situation uh, in general. Like for an example, you know, my kid comes home and says, oh, I, got a, I had a problem with a kid at school. You know, the, the uncentered man would wanna call the school, would wanna find out who this kid is, you know, wanna cause issues. Well, the centered man would take all that information and. I, I've had to deal with this with my kids a few times, and it's more of a guidance on how they should handle the situation. Because, you know, marriage counseling taught me one very specific thing when it comes to dealing with situations. If you bring something to my plate, I ask you two questions. Do you, do you want me to fix it or do you want me to listen? 
Mm-hmm. And that's very, very important because there are moments in time where people just want an active listener. They don't want uh, somebody to go in there and just be the bull in the china shop and just, you know, go tear shit up. Mm-hmm. Um, so I ask my kids that all the time. You want me to listen? You want me to fix it? And a lot of times they just want me to listen and I'll give them some guidance on how to handle a situation. And it's very emotionally calm. It's not chaotic. And again, you know, the, the chaotic situation causes you to make decisions that are rash and rash decisions usually turn into bad decisions very quickly. And in relationships are the same thing. I mean, I had a, a interesting conversation with my girlfriend a few days ago. She was feeling some sort of way about a, a situation and she goes, uh, you know, in that conversation, I explained to her, I said, you know, you're acting very, very emotional uh, in this this moment. And I got to tell you, you're not going to get the same thing out of me. I'm going to take what you're giving me and I'm going to have to think about this. And I'll get back with you about how I feel about it. Because in that emotion, and again, my marriage and a couple of other relationships have taught me that I can't have that very highly emotional reaction to things. Because if you don't process it, you're going to say dumb things and you're going to act in a dumb way. And we just, we can't be doing that. It's reckless, mm-hmm. in my opinion. It's reckless to just have just a ridiculous reaction to things or become very emotional. And then if there's an emotional reaction, you're not centered, you're in your feminine frame, and then your girl can't trust you. Yep. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Going back to what you were saying about, uh, you know, uh, one of the things you learn from counseling is, uh, do, you, do, you, uh, do you want my advice? Or do you want me to listen? That's something that Corey teaches in the book, too. Uh, it, it, there's, a, there's a lot, it goes into a lot of depth. And uh, if you read, men are from Mars, women are from Venus about that. Right. And man, that was something that at first it was a struggle. It was a struggle to deal with because most guys like we're, we're sort of hardwired to fix problems. So you bring me a problem. Well, I'm going to give you a fucking solution, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, it, 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 our, you know, our, our, our mutual friend there, brother Holloman there, he, he was, he was telling me about that uh, yesterday. You know, he was saying like his girl comes to him with a problem. He's like, look, I'm an alpha male. I fix problems, you know? And I was like, did you skip that part in the book, man? Because <laughs> we're not supposed to give them, uh, you know, we're not, we're not supposed to give them solutions to things. And it's a struggle for us, you know. But when I, when I finally embraced it, when I finally realized like, hey, I don't have to. It's not my job necessarily to fix this problem. Man, that, that is actually a really freeing feeling to be like, you know what? I'm not responsible for them fixing their problem. So let me just be an active listener here for a minute. And then if, if, if I'm really unsure, then I'll ask him that. Do, do you want my opinion on this? Do you want my, my suggestion on this? Or do you just want me to listen? Because most, yeah, nine times out of 10, they're just like, no, I just want you to listen. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it, okay, cool. And it takes a lot of pressure off your shoulders when you, when you realize that that's a question you can't ask. Yeah. Because, you know, I was raised in a generation where, uh, you know, you just handle it. You know, you yeah. have a partnership and you have to fi- help fix the problem. And that answer is actually no. You yeah. know, there are moments in time where me trying to fix something, and whether it be a, a relationship with a woman or a relationship with my kids, mm-hmm. um, who just all happen to be girls, you know, this 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 kind of uh, these principles actually play into those relationships very well. Uh, even though it's a platonic, you know, uh, dad daughter relationship, you know, I I allow them just by being a strong masculine man, I allow them to investigate who they are as women more effectively mm-hmm. and and you know if they ask me for a solution i usually offer more than one and uh you know i, I kind of uh peed my girlfriend off uh quite a bit because i always tell her you know i would if you want a direct answer i'll give you a direct answer um you know i'm my i'm very militant in my mindset so i'm very blunt and uh you know i've had to learn to soften the edges be, and not because the answer is different but because people around you can't accept the bluntness of that of that answer or of your behavior at times. So it's not a matter of really trying to dumb it down or soften it up because it's it's the wrong thing or the wrong answer. It's because there are a lot of people that mentally they can't handle that hardness. Um, and it, it, it creates a, an image of you just being an asshole. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, there are moments in time where we have to be, you know, and, and, and a lot of those moments are we can't discuss this, we can't argue with this, I just need you to do it. Um, being a supervisor at work, you know, that that's moments uh, like that. But then, you know, there are times where you can just give yourself that time out. Hold on. Let me rephrase this because I'm protecting that relationship in rephrasing it. And when you do that, it also, you, you gain trust from your partner because my partner knows that I'm a hard ass. My partner knows that uh, she calls it a waffle box, that if I'm in a box and I call it the mission, if I'm in a mission, 
it's hard for me to come out of that mission and go into another mission. Um, you know, an example was the other day we were at a restaurant, it started getting really, really busy. We're in the middle of a conversation, big crowds make me nervous. Hey, you know what? It's time for us to go. And she was kind of frustrated with that, but she understood because that's the way I compartmentalize dealing with those situations, that that's just what needed to happen. And, you know, we had a discussion about it afterwards and she understood, um, but she asked if I could, you know, segue into that. Hey, it's getting really busy. We just need to leave. But the mm -hmm. abruptness of me just going caused an issue. So, you know, just because we're alphas doesn't mean we can't, you know, tweak the way we deal with things a little bit because we do have to help those around us. Yeah. Uh, in those moments. One thing, uh, one thing too, that uh, I've learned in this space is that women will, uh, you know, if we're not, if we're not sort of aware of our tone and if we're not in control of our emotions, when we're addressing certain things, you know, especially like if it's uh, uh, maybe it's a, a behavior that, that she's doing that we don't like, if we're addressing that. And then we do it in such a way that's like super blunt like they will, it's like emotional judo, right? They will, they will go, well, I don't like your tone right now. And now the focus is on your tone and how you're the bad guy because you're talking mean as opposed to what, what whatever fuck up she's doing. Mm -hmm. And it, it completely takes the, the focus off her. And, um, and now it's like, now you feel like you're the bad guy. You know what I mean? And so as long as you can, as, as long as you can be aware of your emotions and think about how you're going to phrase things, she, but they women can't do that. <laughs> they can't use that emotional judo on you. You know, you don't give them any tools to work with with that. So, it's a it's a it's a good skill set to learn. I think, especially when you're dealing with women in relationships. Oh, definitely. Uh, you know, when I I tell everyone I date that I'm not going to argue with you. It's just one of those cardinal rules that you will not get an argument out of me. Well, why not? And I was like, well, because there's nothing really to argue about. In, in my opinion, there's not there's not much in this life to really argue about. We can have discussions and we can debate, but to get into an emotional uh, framework to be arguing, that means I've lost instantly. And, yeah. you know, I learned that lesson not from Corey Wayne, but I learned that lesson from playing Xbox years ago. I used to jam out um, Black Ops 2 like for hours. Like that was like my emotional release on a lot of things back in the day. And you ended up arguing or kids would try to argue like in the lobbies and whatnot. And once they flipped the, the script to four letter words and profanities, and I knew they lost the argument. They, they couldn't, they couldn't deal with the logic that I was throwing at them. So they would have to go into this tirade about how things made them feel. And, and, you know, I took that to work and I learned that as soon as people started using the four letter words and, and, and not being able to control themselves emotionally, you won the argument. They're just still trying to, trying to have it with you. So it's, mm -hmm. it's really interesting to, to not argue is actually quite freeing because there was quite a few arguments in, in, in the marriage. Yeah. And, you know, there's some things that, yeah, this is an argument. This is the direction that we're going. And I would like you to come along with me. And I use the phrase, uh, rowing the boat instead of throwing anchors. I need you to row the boat with me instead of throwing anchors because throwing anchors gets us off course. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. Yeah, and that's a, that's a thing that's in the book too, though. Is uh, you know you're you're better off uh, hitting your head over the head the or hitting yourself over the head with a ball peen hammer than it is to argue with a woman, right? There's just no point in doing it. Women don't fight fair when it comes to arguments. They it's all uh, emotional based, and we're trying to make logical arguments, and no one's getting anywhere. So um, yeah, it just it makes it makes no no sense to actually have any kind of argument. Um, so yeah, the way you handle it is smart. Um, okay, so getting back on the the uh, back to the book though, what was your last aha moment you got from your last read of the book? Um, probably uh, mostly the uh, complacency. You know, just not allowing complacency to set in, uh, to not be the robot, and you know what. Daily, what I've learned is, you know, I, I learned the text game pretty fast. You know, that 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 seven principles girl, um, you know, I was just an open book when it comes to text messaging. So, you know, you just you got to leave that alone. You know, let her bubbles be bigger than yours. Let her frequency be more than yours. Still touch base with her. Don't leave her, you know, like don't leave her for a couple of days. You know, that that sort of thing that became less important. But the complacency thing, men have a tendency to really just kind of get in the groove of things and everything becomes routine. So, you know, and again, the book unfolds as your circumstances unfold. Mm 
So, you know, I really didn't care about consistency, that, that complacency, excuse me, because I didn't date a girl past 30 days. You know, that's where I kind of got itchy and had to run away. I kind of felt like the runaway bride. Like I just, you know, that was, that was some things personally that I had to deal with when it came to, um, you know, allowing that relationship to unfold uh, just a little bit more, just to mm -hmm. see where it was going to go. I, I mean, there's some big red flags that you just can't deal with and you got to end a relationship. And, you know, um, No More Mr. Nice Guy, great book. Um, you know, be a good ender. That was something that I struggled with as well as being a good ender. And when I dated a seven principles girl again, you know, I really took that information to heart about being a good ender. So complacency was the big thing. Uh, men just are complacent human beings. When things feel good and it's cushy, we allow ourselves to drift into just that complacent mode. So, you know, I like David Goggins, you know, like I said, I take inspiration uh, and this, the, the ideas of discipline where I can get them. And, you know, we have to embrace this stuff. We have to do things that are hard. And, you know, part of that is just being a man. Do things that are hard to see what you're capable of. Um, you know, that kind of goes in the principle of knowing thyself, right? We're supposed to be creating the person that we want to be. And, and for me, hard stuff, I like to do physically hard stuff. You know, for my birthday, when I turned 38, I did 38 sets of 38 push-ups as the hard thing. It took me two and a half hours to accomplish it. And I had been building up to it. It wasn't just something I decided to do. You know, that's a good way to blow out a shoulder. But I was doing P90X and, you know, I'd have to pause the video to keep getting my push-ups in because I wanted to do it to failure on every single push-up station. And I'm like, how can I do something crazy? Just absolutely crazy. So I did the 38, and I'll save you the math. It's 1,444 push-ups. Mm. And I did that in two and a half hours. And then like last year I was hurt, so I really couldn't do anything. The year before that, I ran 10 miles. You know, just I do 5Ks a couple times a week, you know, that sort of thing. But I was like, how could I really do something really hard today? Um, so, you know, doing hard things breaks up the complacency in things because you're always pushing for a goal. You're always striving to do something else. Mm -hmm. And that keeps you from falling into these routines, so to speak. I mean, that, that's really what complacency is to me. It's, it's just you're on automatic pilot and you were doing routines. So that was like one of the last uh, kind of aha things is that that if I am never routine and like my work schedule with my current girlfriend, like she knows that. But if I'm throwing, you know, kind of a mix up, like, no, I'm not available that day because I got things going on. Like she knows I'm doing the podcast today. She wanted to hang out. I was like, you know, afternoon, I got things I got to take care of and we're not going to be able to hang out. You know, that there's nothing complacent about that because I have a purpose and a mission. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the book says, if, if you, you're completely available all the time, how is she going to be attracted to that? Right. Uh, and if you're complacent, it's the same thing. How is she going to be attracted to something or someone that is complacent and you're just, she can read you like the book, so to speak. And, you know, we don't want to be read like a book. Like when you're in a long-term relationship, people are going to understand who you are. Women are going to understand who you are as a person. Yeah. And if their understanding is, is that, that, you know, you work out it every day, I'm going to commit that time to the gym. I'm going to do those things that are hard. I'm going to be a parent because that is what absolutely has to happen. Then, you know, that attraction continues through the periods of time because you're not complacent because you do have mission and purpose. And even if the mission and purpose is, is that, you know, I'm unavailable because I'm doing a, B and C because I've always done a, B and C it, I guess on paper, it almost feels like it could be complacent, but there are things that you have to do and they're not easy things. It's not, well, you know, I'm, uh, I always go to this restaurant, I always sit at this table. It's not that kind of complacent. It's mission oriented complacent. And I guess that's where my militant mind comes from because, you know, I just focus on the mission. And if yeah. When I, when I think of complacent, especially in a relationship, one of the things I think of, and, and I talk about it a lot on the podcast, because I've seen it so much over the years in uh, the original 3% man group and, um, you know, in the new 3% brotherhood, is that guys will will do the material, they'll work on themselves, they'll, 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 they'll read the book 10 to 15 times until they get that girl, right? They'll, they'll get their dream girl. And then they stop reading the book. And they just fall back on old programming. And a lot of old programming uh, tends to lead to unattractive behavior. You know, they start, they, they just, they think they've got to the finish line, stop taking their girl out on dates. Uh, they stop, you know, trying to sort of, you know, work on that attraction. They stop doing everything that made them the attractive person in the, uh, in the first place, you know, and 
and then the girls like lose attraction for them over time and they end up breaking up with these guys and they, these guys end up back in the group. <laughs> and so when I think of complacency, I, I think of, you know, you stop, you stop doing what got you to the show in the first place. You know, you stop doing everything that made you the attractive guy. And a lot of it is what you're talking about. You know, a lot of guys, they'll, uh, they'll get into a relationship. They'll stop working out. You know, they'll start, they'll just like, well, I don't, I already got her. I don't have anyone to impress anymore. And they get fat. <laughs> they start going back to, you know, drinking beer and eating Doritos and stop doing stuff like P90X and, you know, whatever. And, and then they get dumped or whatever. And then they're like, oh shit, now I'm back on the dating circuit. I guess I better get back in shape. It's like, well, if you just kept doing that stuff from, from the beginning and maintained your shape, you probably wouldn't be dumped right now. You know, you got complacent. Well, and unfortunately, they have to start all over again, right? Yeah. Uh, Repetition is the mother's skill. Uh, it's a great line from the book, but it's absolutely the truth. I'm one of the trainers at my department. I use that with the guys all the time. Yeah. You know, repetition is the mother's skill, but not just repetition. Good reps. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we succeed at the things that we do well over and over again. We will succeed at the things that we do bad in a bad way over and over again as well. So, you know, we have to put those good reps in that situation. And, you know, with that was one of the things that, that I was determined to do is, is to not lose myself in these moments because no one person is worth you losing yourself uh, to put all that work in, to lose yourself, for them to leave, which was kind of the motivation for all of us. It was kind of the motivation for us to get started to begin with. Yeah. Uh, then to have to start all over again. And it's like a maintenance program, right? Like I think about my workout regimen, um, you know, 10 years ago, I started my weight loss journey. I lost 80 pounds. I went from 270 to 190 mm. and I'm floating at 200 pounds right now. I've been able to maintain 200 pounds, 190. I was a little light. I was running a lot. I just had that really skinny frame and I just, I just didn't really like that. Um, so I stay at 200 pounds and it's a, it's a maintenance thing that long-term, you know, I've changed, uh, changed up like how I do cardio. Uh, I'm not trying to run, you know, five K's as much as I, I used to do a thing called 30 days of five K's at least once a year. And, you know, now that I'm 43, it's like, that, it's just too much banging on my joints. So I do an elliptical or the rowing machine or, you know, just something different to keep it going. Um, but it's the maintenance. I can't go back to 270 pounds. That will, lack of a better phrase, that will kill me. Going yeah. back to that will kill me. And, and again, my mindset is that the things that I've succeeded through, if I go back to those old things, it's going to kill me somehow. It's going to kill my spirit. It's going to kill my health. It's going to kill my wealth. It's going to kill my friendships. And those are the things that I can't do. So, you know, to the younger people, the guys that are new in the material, um, find your motivation, but motivation is crap. Understand that discipline is where it's at. You have to discipline your mind to stay on the plan. And find motivation or discipline in multiple things. Corey Wayne isn't it. Uh, he is in the beginning because then that opens the door to what we can learn and what we can experience. Mm -hmm. You know, I take motivation from silly things like Patrick Swayze and Roadhouse. One of my favorite sayings at work is, be nice until it's time to not be nice. Yeah, classic. You know, it's yeah. just silly things like that, right? Uh, but if you keep that in your mind and that's your discipline, be nice until it's time to not be nice, you'll know when it's time to not be nice because it's time. Mm -hmm. And then you can be a jerk and then you can use, you know, all those four letter words or whatever or influence situations. And at work, I try to, you know, influence and in relationships. You have to influence. You can't tell somebody what to do. We are free will beings. We're spirits that can just do whatever the hell we want. You have to influence where you can influence. And sometimes influence is a very subtle thing. It's just a push in the right direction. And being a parent has taught me how to very subtly influence decisions. But you know, where you're a student in one arena in your life, you can take those principles to other things and be successful in other things because you learn the basic principle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Very well said. We're, uh, we're almost at an hour here. I've, I've only really got one last question for you. Um, and I'd like to ask this for guys that have never been on the podcast before, but, uh, but based on your experience on the 3% path, um, what does being a 3% man mean to you? Well, that's, a great question and you know it's it's very individual to every person because like i said before the reading the book and learning the material it opens up what you're ready to accept and what you want to work through i started the three percent pass to, to get an expat but what that has opened up is a knowledge that i had a basic understanding of what i was supposed to be doing while i was married but i was browbeat out of it 
And really being a 3% man is, is being focused on mission and purpose in handling your business and being an example of what men should be. Uh, you know, I take uh, motivation from the, my religious background as well, you know, always raised in the church. And so a lot of these principles go hand in hand. Being a 3% man is having men in your life that cause you to level up. The Bible says that uh, iron sharpens iron. You know, we can be better when we have better people in our lives. And again, it's a sad day when you realize you outgrow people, but if they're not willing to come with you along that journey, then that's their loss, unfortunately. You know, you can show them the way. And that, that's how, you know, Brother Holman and I met, is that he got a hold of me on Facebook and said, dude, I'm looking at a divorce. How did you survive this? Mm -hmm. You know, because again, image, it looks like I'm just living the fucking dream, right? And, and I was at that time. It, it's divorce is brain damage, and that's all there is to it. And we have to heal through the brain damage before we can go on to better things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I introduced him to Corey Wayne. I was very new to Corey Wayne at that time. Oh, you're, I, you're the one that, that pulled him in. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yep. And, okay. and it was like a moth to the flame. You know, I just had to show him the way. And as soon as I showed him, he was just absorbing the information. And, you know, so we have to have a band of brothers around us. You know, I have a lot of acquaintances, but have very, uh, very few close friends. That inner circle has to be tight. And it has mm -hmm. to be tight for a reason. Um, but again... I didn't grow up with a dad that was very masculine. I learned a lot of my masculine uh, traits from my stepmom. And, uh, you know, my, my dad explained to me once upon a time that, that my grandma raised him in such a way that he wasn't like his dad. Uh, my grandpa Kilborn was, uh, was a man of a certain generation. You know, he was that Korean War uh, generation. So coming out of World War II and going into the Korean War, very tough as nails, but he had substance abuse problems with alcohol. And, um, you know, his, his temperament was very off-centered. So, um, you know, I, I always tell myself that I've got both of those men living inside of me and both of those men can compliment me in being the guy, the man that I am today. Um, you know, there's a moment to be very hard as nails and very blunt, but there's mm -hmm. also moments to take your influence and, and use it in ways that benefit everybody that's involved. And my dad is a very empathetic person. He is very much in touch with his feelings. And, uh, you know, there's, there's things to learn from all of these things. You know, and if I could say anything about being a 3% man, it's about being a student. It's about being a student of, of the man that you want to be and taking the, the, the tips, the tricks, and the details on how to get there and then how to stay there. Because if we're not constantly being a student, then we're not learning and growing. And, and in my opinion, the path of this life is to grow as a human being constantly. Mm -hmm. You know, there's moments in time where we're going we're gonna to be in dark places and we're going to be not learning and growing and changing. But we should be reaching out. And if there's something you don't like in your life, you have the power to fix it. You absolutely do. And there's there's many teachers out there that can help you with the those things that that are needed to get into that next phase of life. And if we're not growing and we're not changing, then we're going to fall, like you said before, back into our old routines. Mm -hmm. And the old routine should essentially make us want to throw up. It should really, when you look at your old behavior, you should be nauseated by it because it wasn't the best man that you could be. And I, I look at the way that, that I compromised, you know, through marriage in that long term, how I compromised my, myself and my life and where I was. And that really makes me sick to my stomach. I can't be there again. So 3% men are students. We are learning. We are changing. We are growing. We are searching for whatever it is that we want our lives to be and how to get there. And the nice thing is that we can be an example to other people. We can pull people into the fold, so to speak, but it's an individual uh, journey, so to speak, kind of like, you know, like that religious life that I explained to you. There's a, there's an individual aspect to it is that all the information is here. We can lay it out on the table. There it is, but you have to take it. You have to absorb it. You have to actually put it into your life in a meaningful way. And if you're not doing those things, or if you're cherry picking information, you're not going to be the well-rounded person that you could be based on, the journey that you're taking. Yeah. Yeah. Very well said. I think, uh, Tony, Tony Robbins is the one that I've, I think heard say this. He, he basically, if, if you're not growing, you're dying, you know, yeah. and cause a lot of people, they hear this, you know, the phrase, uh, you know, the work never stops and they're just like, Oh, that sounds exhausting. It's like, well, you know, like, <laughs> what do you want? Do you want success or, or what? And, um, that's really what it comes down to. Man, this has been a, a really good conversation. Uh, besides the, uh, the 3% brotherhood. Uh, do you want people to find you online or should they just find you in the 3% brotherhood? Uh, they can find me online. Uh, I'm, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. Uh, Instagram is kind of like my, 
my motivation of life. You know, I just post little quips here and there. That's not, I don't really have a big presence there. Uh, but if they want to find me on Facebook, uh, it's Matt Kilborn. They just do that search. I've got a really cool uh, Superman t-shirt on. I'm standing on top of a mountain as my profile picture. Uh, <laughs> they can reach out, you know, if they have questions, uh, you know, again, your example as a person will influence people in ways you don't even know. Mm-hmm. And it, and I would encourage everybody that's that's you know in this atmosphere that if somebody was to reach out with questions, then have a heart of a teacher and explain to them what you know what you learned and and then explain to them how they can get there. Because if we're not taking the information and sharing it with other people, what are we really doing with it? Are we wasting it? I mean, I feel like we are. Mm-hmm. That if we're not influencing other people to better their lives, and uh, you know, it's really great when you can see somebody take that information. And it's not just the 3%, like, you know, training at work or, or, you know, dealing with my kids when they take that information and they start to, you know, the light bulb moment happens and they start to change. That's an amazing day. You know, it's, it's almost like you're becoming full circle because you're taking what you've learned and you're instilling it in other people so that they can better their lives as well. So if they want to reach out, they're more than welcome to, uh, I'll chat with them. No problem. Um, you said they could find you on Instagram. What do you follow me on Instagram? What's your, uh, your Instagram, uh, handle? Um, well, you had to ask me that. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's just Matt Kilborn still. Uh, okay. Pretty, pretty basic on that kind of stuff. Well, uh, after this, uh, ping me it and then, uh, and I'll, I'll make sure to link to the stuff in the description when this posts, cause this is, uh, this is going to post probably in a, in a month, I think, uh, first of August sometime. I think it's when this is going to post. So, gotcha. well, Matt, thank you so much for joining me today, man. I really appreciate it. I'll give you the rest of your, uh, your day back. Okay. Sounds good. Appreciate being on the podcast. Matt, thank you so much for joining me, man. You're welcome back anytime. And you guys know what I mean by that. He's a good dude. He is really welcome back anytime. A lot of good information in there. He's, uh, he's, he's one of the guys that is, has really put in the work, you know, he's, he's one of those guys. So, um, you know, definitely check him out. Uh, join the 3% brotherhood. He's in there. Connect with him on there. It's a good place, good place to connect with him. Um, other than that, it's pretty much all I have this episode. If you guys haven't done so already, please like, subscribe, hit those notifications, drop a comment, your favorite emoji, you know what to do. Follow me on social media. The links are in the description. Get on the email list, list.comeonmanpod.com. You get the PDF with 20 dating app openers for freezies. And I will send you some stickers. If you like those designs, they're available as, at mer- as merch merch.comeonmanpod.com we have hats hoodies t-shirts coffee mugs all that kind of fun stuff we even have we have rule zero backpacks in there so check that out uh check out the practical law of attraction course loa.comeonmanpod.com it's a mindset course it's none of that genies granting wishes nonsense okay it's 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 based on psychology all right and if you get your mind right if you reprogram your paradigm you, you'll you'll change your results, okay? It all starts with how you're thinking, okay? So check that out. Otherwise, we will see you guys Wednesday for the live stream. This has been the Come On Man podcast. New full episodes served hot every Monday morning on your favorite podcast platform of choice. So subscribe now. Follow Paul on social media. The links are in the description. Now, Go out and get it.